Welcome to Your Story Matters, the show where we share inspiring stories from all around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer, Angela Schaefers. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Fran Meadows. She is the author of The Truth Behind the Secret Infertility. Hi, Fran. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me today. Very excited to have you on the show today to talk about a topic that I think isn't talked about enough and isn't understood enough, and I'm really glad that you're willing to be vulnerable and open to share your story and some of the heartache and pain that you went through and the loneliness, because I know that reading some of your book excerpt and going to your website, that was part of the journey But before we talk about the book and your experience with infertility, can you tell the listeners a little bit about you, perhaps how you grew up, your background, your history, and and anything that you might think of in your childhood that kind of prepared you for this adventure that you went on? Basically, I mean, I'm an everyday person, just like, you know, everybody else out there. I grew up in a suburb of New York. And um, I grew up with two siblings, and basically, you know, we we led like a normal family life. And I can't really say that there was anything that could have prepared me for this, because unfortunately, I think infertility and being dropped, you know, this bomb when somebody tells you that, you know, there's something wrong with you and, you know, you might not be able to conceive. I think that it's really not something you can prepare yourself for, but I am a very, very open-minded, but yet strong woman. So I think maybe that kind of helped me like move forward throughout the journey. And like I said, I mean, you know, having a, a great family background and a very strong a close-knit family and, you know, a lot of friends, I think it kind of, like, helped me with the support system that was there for me mm-hmm. when I was, when I kind of, you know, decided that I was going to tell people because I did keep my journey completely silent because I was afraid of what people would say and, you know, think. So I think it was just hard for me to even come out and speak to my family about it as well. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. When you, let's go a little bit back to your childhood, when you were growing up, did you feel fairly typical that you were going to meet the man of your dreams and get married and have lots of babies? Or what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, growing up as a young girl, I mean, I always used to play with Barbies and dollhouses and I used to use my imagination and kind of like act out these scenes and you know it would be you know kind of like in my book it starts out first comes love then comes marriage then comes the baby the baby carriage and mm-hmm. unfortunately in this situation it wasn't exactly what I had dreamed because I think going through I guess going through life you know your parents try and like create this pretty picture for you you know they don't want to they don't want to hurt you and like they want everything to be you know I guess seen as beautiful and you know perfect and I think growing up that was the way I perceived things even when I was playing Barbies you know it was like oh you know Barbie and Ken you know they're going to get married they're going to have a kid and you know (laughs) you know that's kind of like how I I perceive things and I think you know it's a lot to take in when you do get into that reality of you know being at reproductive age and, you know, meeting the man of your dreams, you know, when you least expect it and being married and, you know, hoping that, you know, the next step would be 
to have a child, but, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately things don't exactly work that way. And, you know, I found that my husband and I, we tried to do everything the way we were supposed to, so to speak, you know, as society says, you know, get married, have a child, buy a house. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way, unfortunately. Right, right. It really doesn't. And it seems like, especially these days, all kinds of things can create detours in our lives. And I know that that's sometimes so discouraging for people, because like you said, I think, and it might be more so with women. We grow up thinking about this fantasy life we're going to have, that it's all going to be perfect and work out just the way that we think it should work. And in our time frame, and then it often doesn't happen like that at all. So can you talk to the listeners a little bit about that? What was the hardest part of that part of it is realizing that, okay, this isn't just happening the way that I envisioned it and the the way that I dreamed about as a kid. Well, I mean, like I said, being married and, you know, finally settling down and being able to think about, hey, we're going to start a family, it was very, it was very frustrating because I went through a lot of different emotions. And as a woman, I went through the emotions of, you know what, I may not, I'm less of a woman because I feel, I always felt that, you know, I was not able to give my husband a child, you know, the natural route that most people do take. And I felt very embarrassed, very sheltered, very scared. You know, I I was kind of like blaming myself for a lot of different things. And Mm -hmm. knowing knowing that, you know, things, you know, the, the envision in my head that, you know, it's supposed to be this way, you know, the whole white picket fence type of thing, you know, it, it just kind of like hit me very hard, like with emotions and not realizing that, you know, there, there's an issue and, you know, it might not only be my issue, you know, and I always felt that, you know, what if, what if I was, let's say, you know, with somebody else, like, would this happen? Is it just me? You know, did I do something wrong? You know, you know, and I felt bad for my husband, you know, it was just a very, it was a lot of emotions and it was just very heart-wrenching for me to like go through this. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think that sometimes even when we have a partner who's supportive and understanding and wants to help, we still feel that aloneness. I know sometimes I've been in that situation because you just feel like they don't get what you're going through, what your body's going through, you know, they don't get the hormones flying and all this stuff. So how was that for you and your husband? Well, I mean, no matter in our situation, no matter how much my husband supported me, I mean, and he was there through thick and thin, Mm -hmm. no matter how much they support you, you always need a little sense of, you know, I guess, sanity or, you know, kind of like going through those steps of, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to get hormonal. I'm going to cry. I'm going to, you know, go do something to keep my mind off things. You know, they, I don't think the men quite get that, you know, women are obviously a lot more emotional and yes, the hormones, you know, do, do not help, but, you know, they need to, I think, kind of understand more of where, we are when, you know, this type of thing is happening because, yes, things are happening to our bodies, you know, and, you know, I was going to the doctor a lot and I was being poked and prodded, you know, and, you know, he wasn't, you know, so I don't think they they completely get the full picture Mm -hmm. until 
you know, your, your full fledged into like treatment. So mm-hmm. my husband, he was very supportive. I mean, gosh, he went, <laughs> he went through the hormonal stages of, you know, PMS to the 10th power, you know, whatever <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was there for me. And like I said, through thick and thin, he supported me. I mean, he might not have understood me, mm-hmm. the, you know, like through sometimes, but, you know, and I know I'm sure it gets frustrating on the males end because, right. you know, they, they may not know how to deal or they may say the wrong thing and it might not be the wrong thing, but we took it as the wrong thing, you know. Right. So it's very hard. And I think keeping an open line of communication with your partner is extremely important, regardless if it's me crying and saying something and you don't understand don't say anything. Just kind of right. be there to, like, listen to me. <laughs> right, right. And that's typical, I think, with men and women. Women just want to be comforted, and men usually want to provide a solution and vice versa. <laughs> right, So it right. is key exactly. to understand there's a difference, and that's okay. I love that you shared that tip. Keep open communication with your partner when you're going through something like this. Well, when you're going through anything is good, but especially when you're going through some big challenges and heart-wrenching stuff. What else would you say helped you and your husband along the journey? Well, I mean, throughout before we even started treatment and I kind of was figuring that there might be an issue, you know, my husband was a little more skeptical to start treatment. I felt like I needed a third-party person to speak to, somebody who wasn't going to judge me. You know, I could just go there and cry and, you know, spill my guts. And I felt like I needed to see a therapist, and I Mm -hmm. did. I sought out therapy. My husband came with me a few times to kind of get me feeling comfortable. But then then I kind of took on that venture alone where I felt like I needed to vent. I needed Mm -hmm. to be there and speak to somebody. And I I truly believe that seeking out therapy through what, I mean, whatever hard times you're having in your life, it's very beneficial because it kind of keeps you balanced. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're in, in session, you know, you're, you're telling somebody exactly how you feel. You're not holding anything back. And then you kind of like pop back to reality and you feel so much better. You release a lot of that stress and frustration. So, I mean, I think therapy helped a lot with, you know, I mean, obviously with our journey being silent, you know, it helped a lot more because I was able to release some of that frustration and stress to somebody that actually understood where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I love that. And I agree with that. And I think that oftentimes when we decide to talk to someone else, whether it's a therapist or a coach or a pastor, it also helps relieve some of the pressure and tension on the partner who's trying so desperately to understand and to help you through this, but they too need a break. They can't handle it all. They can't always respond the way that we want them to or need them to. So it's really, really critical to have that other person to not only listen, but to offer insight that has nothing to do with you personally, but is just more objective. Right, absolutely. So I know you mentioned in the book, and I'm sure you talk about it more in detail, you did get pregnant at one point and had a stillbirth. Is that correct? Yes, I did. I um, I went through uh, a treatment of IVF, and I did become pregnant. And you could imagine going through infertility and then being told you're pregnant. You know, I 
my husband and I, we were on cloud nine, but we were scared, but excited. And, you know, it, it just took time to kind of get used to, you know, going through the steps of now we're going to have a child and being pregnant. And, um, yes, unfortunately, through um, one of my doctor's visits, I was told that, unfortunately, we lost a child and they didn't hear the heartbeat. Mm, And I had to, yeah, I had to deliver a stillborn at 25 weeks pregnant. So it was Mm. kind of like I got so far and then it was like 10 steps back. And Mm -hmm, only mm -hmm. imagine the emotions that were involved with that and, you know, the stress and, you know, I went back to the whole, you know, being embarrassed and feeling more or less of a woman because I felt like, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, what was wrong? You know, what, what did I eat? What did, you know, like it was just kind of like the blame game. And I felt right. like, you know, I, it was just so difficult. It was a very dark time, you know, and, you know, for my husband, he was trying so hard to be so strong for the both of us, you know, and, allowing me that time to heal. But, you know, in turn, you never realize how much the man is hurting. And, you know, I think everybody was just so focused on me, you know, that I think they kind of like overlooked that, you know, my husband was part of this, you know, we lost a child together, you know, and it was, it was just such a a devastating time for us, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, nothing that something that you could be prepared for, you know, it's just, I mean, obviously, it's just something, it was a freak a freak thing, and, you know, it just happened, you know, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, in time, I've learned to, you know, acknowledge and reflect and deal with what I went through because hiding something like that is not good either because you want to be able to feel, you're feeling the emotions, and I think that's what is very healthy for you. You need to feel those emotions. You need to heal you need to move forward, you know, into hopefully, you know, the next step where we got after that. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. And I know that's a lot to go through too. And can you share a little bit about that specific time? How did you deal with all those emotions? How did you and your husband deal with your differing emotions and just the pain and the overwhelming feeling of not just loss, but I, I imagine just deep frustration over having gotten to that point. As you said, you got so far, and then all of a sudden you were back to square one again. Right, right. I mean, it was it was it was a very dark time for me. You know, I had a little bit of a hard time in the beginning. You know, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to, you know, see anybody. You know, I didn't want to run into, you know, neighbors, friends. I took some time off from work. You know, it was just like I needed to kind of heal and, and, and be inside and do my thing, even if it was just sitting around. You know, it, it was so hard to get back into the phase of reality, you know. And my husband, you know, he he supported me through, you know, the, the dark times and, you know, he did his thing, you know, and of course we, we went back and we saw the therapist and we spoke to a social worker after we left the hospital. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, and, you know, we had at that time then, obviously, you know, people knew because I was, it was, I was pregnant, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, very early on and nobody knew. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I finally had that support of family and friends there because they knew, you know, obviously at that point, but it was just a very hard time to kind of click back in. And I think one day it just, it just happened. Like I woke up one day, you know, I took a shower, I got dressed, you know, 
put a little lip gloss on, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go outside today, <laughs> you know? And I think it was just that small baby step that I took that kind of, you know, helped me. I mean, and then at that point, you know, when I was going outside, I was, you know, encountering neighbors and, you know, it was difficult, but I knew eventually I had to do it and it Mm -hmm. had to be done, you know, and it was kind of like those little steps helped me grow a little bit more confidence each day to kind of like get back into the swing of things, you know, go get back to work and, you know, call maybe my doctor and talk to him and, you know, get back to treatments because we kind of took a different attitude after, you know, thinking about it a little a little more of how, you know, we lost a child. And we thought of, you know what, I was able to become pregnant. I may not have made it to the end, but I was able to become pregnant. My body was able to hold a pregnancy. It might not mm-hmm. have been to the end, but you know what, I think that if we went back for treatment, you know, it might happen and I might get there. So we kind of took that to turn around the negative with the positive to kind of like move forward, you know, and that kind of helped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's good. It, it gave you some hope, definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. What were some of the emotions that you felt? I mean, did you feel angry? Did you feel, I don't know if you're religious, were you angry at God? Were you angry at the universe? talk to the listeners a little bit more because I think, and I I feel like you probably cover a lot of this in your book, but I think there's a lot of people out there, women, who have gone through miscarriages and infertility and just different things like that that nobody really talks about how they really feel. Obviously, we all know that you felt loss and you felt sadness, but if you could go a little bit more in detail about that, I think it would help any listener who's listening in right now and has gone through what you have? Sure, sure. I mean, there was definitely anger. There was, you know, and it was like kind of like an internal anger, but, you know, you try to hold back your emotions. I was I was mad at the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I was mad at myself, you know. It was kind of like, like I said, it was just a blame game to me. I was so angry at myself. I was, I was, I was hurt. I was feeling ashamed. Mm-hmm. I was... You know, I was just like like an emotional mess mm-hmm. where I didn't even know what I was feeling. You know, I felt like it was kind of like a nightmare. Like it just happened and I was just going to wake up and, you know, it happened so fast. I didn't have time to really, you know, like make it, like make this, like decisions were, had to be made, but they had to be made like, you know, like at the drop of a hat. Like it wasn't like I could think things through, you know, mm-hmm. and I think during the time of trying to balance myself through this emotional journey, I think it kind of like helped me because I was able to put a lot of things into perspective by sharing my anger and sharing my, you know, frustrations and my, you know, how I felt and being ashamed, you know. And at first I thought that when I was feeling these emotions that I should have probably like held them inside. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, you know what, this is so normal this is something that needs to come out. And, you know, after a while, I, you know, realized that, you know, I'm not the only one this has happened to, you know, there's so many other women that are probably feeling, you know, this pain going through whether a miscarriage or a stillbirth, you know, and it, it kind of like grasped me where I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to kind of like let things out. I need to release and I need to talk about it. But I need to acknowledge that this had, you know, this happened and 
it's okay and I have to kind of accept the unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I kind of portrayed like the whole experience, you know, and it was just very difficult. I mean, but we were able to kind of move on with life. I mean, we, we couldn't just stay in a, I, I couldn't stay in like a dark hole, like forever. Right. right. But I mean, it was scary. It was very scary. Like to even experience something of this sort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. I can imagine. I can imagine. And what was it you think that gave you the courage to try again? Because in my mind, I'm thinking if that happened to me after all that struggle, I don't know that I'd be brave enough to try again because I would be worried about the potential of it not working and not happening and losing another baby. So how did you find the courage to do this again and hope that it would work out? Right. Well, I mean, exactly what you said, those were probably my exact thoughts. How do I go back? How do we try again? You know, what if I become pregnant again? What if this happens again? We have to deal with loss again. You know, there's so many things going through our heads. And we did have um, a few frozen embryos left over in storage. So I think that kind of, like, maybe gave us a little more hope. Like, you know, we we have embryos left over. We can go back for treatments. You know, there's that option. It's not like we have to start over. But mm-hmm. um, And unfortunately, I mean, when we did start over and we did do a frozen embryo transfer with the leftover embryos, unfortunately, we had a failed cycle and we, we didn't become pregnant from the two, the two embryos that we had left over. So it was kind of like we did end up having to start all over. But I did, I, you know, like going back, I think I did just take take and embrace that I was pregnant. It wasn't like I was never pregnant. I was pregnant mm-hmm. and I was carrying a child. So I just kind of take, took that hope that it, it would happen again and I would make it to the end. Mm-hmm. And that was just basically how we kind of grasped on to starting all over. And I can tell you that it was not easy walking through those doctor's doors again. (laughs) It was not easy getting back to trying to conceive and go back to treatment. It was not easy at all. But Mm -hmm. I felt that if we didn't do it now while we kind of made the decision to go back, that we would probably put it off too long and then probably never go back and try again. Right. (laughs) I think that's a good point. I think, you know, that's there's so much truth in that when they say if you fall off a horse, get right back on it or else you never will. I mean, sometimes when we just think about it too much or we allow the pain and suffering of what we've been through to affect us so much that we just won't try again, it can really be a sad thing because then we don't end up with what we were hoping for in the first place. So that's a really, really valid point and hopefully helpful to anyone who's listening to really search your heart and if this is what you really want, try again and do whatever you can to try and make it happen. And I know that you went forward and you now have a son. Yes, I do. He is going to be six next month. So Wonderful. Yes, I, Congratulations. So yes, that all you. worked out, and I'm sure that was stressful in between of wondering, are we going to make it? Are we okay today? And, and how did you deal with the pregnancy, trying to get through the whole thing and feel confident that it all would be well? It was difficult because I, I always I always kind of looked back and, you know, thought about 
the previous pregnancy and a lot of dates were kind of stuck in my head and a lot of, I guess, milestones in the pregnancy scared me because, you know, most, I mean, most people don't start telling people until they're about 12 weeks pregnant. And I always felt that there's no safe point for me. No matter how far I get in the pregnancy, I just always felt very unsafe. And I think... I think about seven, I was about seven months, seven and a half months pregnant. I think I started feeling a little more confident, but I mean, I, everybody was like, oh, let's take pictures. And I was like, no, like I was just so, I was so scared to like, even like, like embrace the pregnancy. I don't think I had like a very fun pregnancy. Most women, you know, like they embrace their pregnancy. I think I was so scared that I, I, I just was not able to embrace it. There were moments of cravings that I kind of tried to be fun with them and I was like scared like you know maybe this is a bad thing so I think until I got into the OR when they were going to perform a c-section the morning of Mm -hmm. I think I was kind of like I'm almost there just please let let everything be you know it it just until that baby was in my arms I was not feeling safe (laughs) right right and that makes sense I mean you know I don't think there's anything we can do about that you just go with it and you hope and pray for the best and you hold on and I I just appreciate just your honesty in that and and your vulnerability to share that with other people because I think that too is another one of those instances where we're told you have to be confident and strong and believe 100% in this or that and that's just not always realistic sometimes based on our story or our circumstances and it's okay Right. Love it. So thank thank you again for sharing that. So let's talk a little bit about the book, The Truth Behind the Secret Infertility. Can you tell the listeners some of the highlights of the book and how it would help others who are going through or have gone through what you have? Sure. I mean, basically I never I never sought out to write a book. It just was throughout my my journey from infertility, pregnancy loss and now being a mom. I felt like, you know, I needed to express my emotions and it I took to writing and I just started writing things and journalizing appointments and different um, emotions and medications and whatever, whatever kind of like fit my fancy that day, I would just write them. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of realized all this information that I'm writing is all real and it's very I think it was it was important for me to share my story because I knew that there were so many other men and women going through infertility that would appreciate a very real story. Mm-hmm. And I felt that from my story with the ups and downs and so much that my husband and I went through, I felt that somebody would read my book and they would get that sense of hope and inspiration and, and hopefully find the strength within themselves to make it through. And I mean, right. unfortunately... Most people who do go through infertility, they, they may not come out and come with the happy ending and have a child. They may take another path, you know, whether it be adoption or surrogate and other family building planning. They, some, most people do also live child-free after going through so much. So, I mean, there's so many different circumstances, and I think everybody's story is so unique. And that's why, like, being here on, on your show, Your Story Matters, everybody's story matters. Right. I think it's just very important for people to share their stories. And the more I share my story, the more people that I've come in contact with 
have created dialogue or conversation around their struggle. Mm -hmm. And I would have never imagined in a million years they had the same problems that my husband and I had. So I think it's just a great way to kind of raise awareness through people sharing their stories. I mean, through through my entire journey, you know, I did journalize, it's in the book, and I kind of went, I think the, the emotional part is very important because some people might be so fearful of sharing those emotions, and it's very important to share those emotions, no matter yes. how crazy you think it is, those, that's what you're feeling at that moment. Right. You need to release those emotions, and I think it's very important and very healing for you to kind of feel that relief. So I think like in my book, it just shares the raw, real, personal story, giving that sense of hope and inspiration. You know, maybe there's a little witty humor in there from crazy comments or silly things that I might have done on the day of transfer. Or, But I think it's just kind of like personal where people will feel like they're just having a conversation with me while they're reading. Right, right. And I love that. And I think, obviously, that's why we're here at Your Story Matters, is that sharing our stories not only connects us to other people and helps other people to understand who we are, but they too can then feel like they're not alone. And they can see that those thoughts and feelings or things they've gone through aren't so far-fetched. They aren't unrealistic. They're, they aren't bad. They just are. And that's the beauty in sharing our stories is that we can really come together and support each other from what we each learned in our own journey. While it may be the same, it's also different. So that's very Absolutely. powerful, very powerful. Can you just share a little bit before we wrap up about how this has all affected you as far as how you live your life and how you move forward in being a parent and in your marriage and in your family unit, how has it really changed you to make you a better person? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't feel that I've changed. I just feel like that I've grasped on to a passion because mm -hmm. of my personal experiences with infertility. I'm speaking to more and more people, and I think it's given me, I mean, infertility has given me uh, an an exuberant amount of strength because mm -hmm. even though I was strong before and now I just feel like I have this strength and confidence that kind of like takes me to the next level where I don't, I don't care who I tell my story to. Like, it's just like, I want to tell you my story because you know what? You might know somebody that needs help or support. Right. You know, so I kind of feel that I've, I've grown with expressing myself a little bit more about the personal experiences I've been through. Um, as a mom, I think it's helped me also kind of grow and have that extra sense of strength. But it's also a very sensitive part because now I am a mom and there are still people going through infertility. And I find that sometimes it's, it's a little harder to talk to those that are still going through the journey because obviously they're still hoping for the happy ending. Right. But I just still feel that people will find that sense of hope and inspiration in my story and that's why I kind of you know still still talk to so many people and it's changed the only way I think it's changed me is like I said through through the strength and confidence but one point I'd like to point out is that no matter what what I've been through in infertility it will unfortunately never leave me infertility is kind of like something that I've been through 
and it is part of my character now, you mm-hmm. know, so you, people that go through infertility, it's either they have that sense of sharing their story or kind of brushing it under the rug. And I think it's just better to share that story of truth that, you know, what you've been through, trials and tribulations of trying to conceive, but it'll never leave me. Infertility will always be a part of me, no matter whether I'm a mom or not, or it will just always be part of me. Right, right. And I think it's powerful to own that. That's owning your story. And I've found with my own story and many other people, when we learn from our story and we're able to heal from it and share it, it reveals our purpose. Part of your life purpose, obviously, is to share about infertility and to encourage and inspire other people. And like you said, you can't always change if they don't end up in the same way that you did with a happy ending with a child of their own. But there's still hope in knowing that you can get through this, that that's not all your life is about, that you're more than just infertility, you're more than just a miscarriage or a stillbirth. So I think it's really, really amazing how you've put this all together in your book and are sharing this with others. Thank you, thank you. I, I Like I said, every day I think just kind of continues to heal the process by just right. opening up and talking to people. So I think it's just very powerful for me as well because it holds a special place in my heart because I know there's so many other women out there that feel alone and feel like they're struggling and having a hard time emotionally. So it's just support that's there to help them. Right. That makes sense. How would people get in touch with you and get a copy of the book? Well, they can get in touch with me and um, visit my website, which is secretinfertility.com. My book, The Truth Behind the Secret Infertility, is um, available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and other outlets. So, I mean, there's information on my website where they could get a copy of my book as well. Okay. Great. Fran, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and to share a part of your story and to talk about your book. And I wish you the best and encourage you to continue to inspire others with your story. And I thank you again for sharing about the book and for just being open and willing to let us in and share some of your feelings and the things that you've learned. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me here today.